Welcome to an inspirational message from Creekwood Church. We hope that you have an encounter with God and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. Merry Christmas! Uh, when Pastor Kendall asked, is, is, did everyone get done with their Christmas shopping? I looked over at Elise and I said, have we, have we got done? I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, and when people say, man, Brad, thanks so much for that gift. I'm like, oh, you, we slaved over that, you know. And I, I'm like, tell my wife privately, that was so good. Um, hey, it's so good to have all of you with us this, uh, this morning. And I just want to piggyback off Angel Tree to talk to you about Generosity Project uh, many of you were here last week for the Generosity Project offering, and, and many of you gave generously to that offering. And if you don't know what that is, um, we, we take up this offering every year where we give 100% of that away to our outreach partners. And so, so like, we have local, national, and international outreach partners where, where these organizations, they, they just help people that are in need. And so last week, you gave over, so far, over $125,000 towards the Generosity Project. Awesome. So thank you for that. And I just want to say, maybe you're hearing about this for the first time, or maybe last week wasn't a good week to give. Maybe you're going to get a bonus or something towards the end of the year, and you know it's a better time in a few days or weeks or whatever. I want to let you know it's not too late if you want to give to the Generosity Project, you can do so. Um, just make sure if you write a check today, make sure Generosity Project is on there very clearly on the memo line. You can also give online um, through the end of the year for that. So just wanted to make sure you are aware of that. Um, I'm super excited about Christmas. This is my favorite time of the year, and I need permission from you. Can I have a little fun today? Okay, because it's Christmas. I've already eat, overeaten. I'm, li- I'm not kidding. I think I'm up eight pounds. Okay, like this is, this is already happening. Um, and um, so I, I want to have a little bit of fun. How many of you have heard of the Tonight Show, Jimmy Fallon, right? Okay, really? Okay. Um, but he does a thing called uh, hashtag Christmas fail every year where you tweet in your Christmas fails. So have you ever given a, uh, away a present that was a failure? Have you ever received a present that was a failure? That's more importantly. Okay, so this is three tweets that I thought was funny. Uh, here's the first one. For Christmas, my mother-in-law gave me a how to clean book and a Weight Watcher scale. Hashtag Christmas fail. Don't do that. I mean, just put a little thought. Okay, what could this be perceived as? Okay, and then second, last year I got an Italy calendar and said, OMG, are we going to Italy? And my parents said, no, it's just a calendar. Like, <laughs> I thought you spent $3,000 on tickets, but instead you spent $3 on a calendar. Um, and then this, I thought this was funny. After opening presents, my sister walked up to my parents and said, I'm not complaining. I'm just asking, is this it? Is this it? That's all we're getting? If you have kids here, uh, this, is, this happens every year. I mean, I could build them a house, and they would go, oh, I love it. Is this it? I mean, it does not matter. So uh, we're, we're going to have a little fun today. Um, I, ultimately, I want to talk about the purpose, the promise, and the power of Christmas, um, because there's great purpose, there's great promise, and there's great power in Christmas. But um, kind of set this up, I want to talk about that very first Christmas. The very first Christmas, and it's, there was such power in the story of Jesus' birth. So if you ever want to read about the birth of, of Christ, you, you, would, you would go to, um, you'd go to Matthew chapter 1, and you'd also look at it in, in Luke chapters 1 and 2. But you'll find that when you read about the birth of Christ, there's really only a few paragraphs to read about the birth of Christ, which is unfortunate because we miss a ton of details, right? Um, because you know the real people. 
And you know there's a ton of details, and when you only read a few paragraphs, you're like, ah, I, don't, I don't know if I caught the whole thing. And so just like if I were to ask you, how was 2018, like give me a synopsis of year 2018, you would only give me a high-level summary of 2018. You would leave out some details. And so what I want us to do, you said I could have some fun, okay? So what I want us to do is I want us to use our imagination today, and I want us to fill in some details of the Christmas story. They probably didn't happen exactly like this, but we know they, they happened somewhat like this, okay? So for example, uh, have you under, ever wondered how Mary and Joseph met? Ever wondered how they met? Because they're real human beings. They, they had a relationship. We don't know all the details, but we know Mary was a teenager and that we know that she loved God, right? So I assume that Mary went to the synagogue's Wednesday night youth group, right? I mean, something like that happened, right? And I know that Joseph was older than Mary, and so I don't know. They both, they, they lived in the same place, and so I don't know exactly, but I figured Joseph, we know he loves God as well. And so he was probably the guest speaker that day at that synagogue, right? On the Wednesday night youth group. And so he was up there. Mary was here with her friends because that's what you do at youth group, right? You come hang with your friends. And so Joey, right? Joey, he was hanging out. He was the leader. He was speaking. I don't know what he was speaking about. Uh, Something on Isaiah, maybe the coming of the Messiah. I don't know. Something Old Testament. And he's up there speaking. And Mary's having a hard time listening because this man is easy on the eyes, if you know what I'm talking about. Like, he is easy to look at. And so she's struggling to pay attention. And and so she's like, man, he's so charismatic and passionate. And I don't know what he said, but I liked how he said it. And so um, afterwards, Joseph came down. Joey must have come down and started talking. Again, this this is conjecture. I don't know exactly how this happened. But Joseph came down and started talking with Mary. And she couldn't believe it because they were really hitting it off. And, and she kind of found out that she really likes him because he actually has, has a job. Like he's a carpenter and he makes furniture for a living. And that's so much better than her last boyfriend because her last boyfriend was unemployed. Like he lived at home still. He still played Xbox. Like he played Fortnite. Y'all don't know this dance. But they, she was like, You're, I'm so sick of that type of guy. And so she, she met Joey and Mary and, and I think they, got, they really got along. And, and finally, Joey, a few weeks later, got the nerve to ask her out. And, and so Joey's like, man, I'm going to put on some extra cologne. And when this is going to go well. And so he asked her on a date, probably to the Nazareth coffee shop. I don't know the name, like Hebrews or something ridiculous like that or common grounds. I don't know. But something like that. And so they went to this place and they're they're, they're really hitting it off, and, and he, she finds out, man, he really loves me because he got me a stuffed camel. Like, this is a big deal, and they end up meeting each other's parents, you know? I mean, again, it's not in the scripture, but you know there were some details that, that are left out, and, they, and they, they really are hitting it off. And what she doesn't know is that he's actually started saving his furniture money to be able to buy an engagement ring. And like, like this is getting serious, And so Joey, I think he takes her on this nice walk. Maybe the sun is setting. He's probably hired a photographer, right? I mean, someone with a long-distance lens, right, to be able to capture the Instagram moment. And so he gets down on one knee, and he he asks her to marry him. And she starts crying, and she's like, I never thought you'd ask. I love you. Of course I'll marry you. And so it's amazing. They're like the movie Elf, you know, Will Ferrell. 
I'm in love, I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. And they're like, that's how, the way they are, and everyone in the city of Nazareth knows Mary and Joey, that's the couple. They're gonna get married. This is amazing. And they do exactly what you and I would do. They start planning their future. The one thing we do know is that they decided they were not gonna be intimate until marriage because we know that Mary was a virgin. But they planned their other, you know, some of the things in the future that you and I would do. They wanted to have a house. They probably went to Financial Peace University. You know, I don't know, something like that to make sure they, they didn't get into debt and, um, they wanted to have two children. I think a boy first and a girl second. And I think they were going to name them Stephen and Thalissa, something like that. <laughs> but then one day, Mary is actually by herself and she has this special encounter with, a, with an angel named Gabriel. And this is out of Luke 128. It says, the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And verse 29 says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Verse 30 says, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And I think maybe her response was, well, praise the Lord, glory to God in the highest. I mean, that was, her, was that her response? Absolutely not. Her response wasn't, wasn't, oh, great. Her response was, how? Listen to this, Luke 134. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin, She's like, God, how am I pregnant? I know we haven't been intimate, and I know how pregnancy works, okay? I, I know this hasn't, this should not be. We have not been, we, Joey and I, I promise you, we've not been bad. I mean, like, we have been good, and, and we've not been in the backseat of a Camelac. Like, I don't, we've not. We, I promise you, we've been good, God. But if I'm honest with you, her response is so similar to, to our response when God wants to use us in a mighty way. So often, our first response is, how? Do you know who I am? Do you know what I'm good and not good at? Because you wouldn't ask me to do this if you really knew who I was. And as I was studying this message, I just felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to say, the greatest gift you will get in your life from God is on the other side of that question. So when you say how, I think it's okay. Mary said how. But if you stop there, that's where most of us stop. You have to move past the how to, okay, yes, God, I don't know what this is gonna look like, but God, I'll take it. Whatever this looks like for me, I'm gonna say yes to you. Um, and so Matthew 1.18 says, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. So I believe her first question we read was how, but her second question also started with a how. I think her second question was, now how am I going to tell Joey? I mean, I had this dream, but Joey wasn't in it, and I don't know how this is going to happen. So picture this, date night, Chili's bottomless chips, okay? Okay. 
Can I get a better amen? Okay, someone. They're so good. Ranch, not salsa. Okay, like amazing, amazing. You already ordered the chicken crispers. You already know. Like this is already ordered. You got a Coke. You, you, you didn't even do the French fries because you already got chips. There's no reason to do both. And so like, you, like this is already happening in the date night, right? And so like you're there and you, can you imagine her? She's kind of freaking out. And, and, and Mary says, I have something to tell you, Joey. And Joey's like, before you say another word, I want you to know you look so good tonight. I love you so much. And all he's doing is making it worse. And Joey, Mary says to Joey, I'm pregnant. I'm just saying this is real. You know this happened. She says, I'm pregnant. And you know Joey knows they haven't been intimate. And so he's a real dude. You know, he's, is he excited or is he freaking out? Catch. He's freaking out. That was, that was good now. He's freaking, I feel like Pastor Stephen up here. Throw me stuff. I mean, y'all weren't here last week. But he, yeah. I, um, last week, I almost threw that at Stephen, y'all. I wanted to so bad. If you weren't here last week, I'm sorry. Check it out, the message up. But, but he, you know, he's freaking out. He's like, who's the daddy? Who's the baby daddy? Like, who is this dad? And she says, it's the Holy Spirit. In fact, I'm having the Son of God. In fact, I'm having God. Can you imagine this conversation? It's never happened in the history of the world. Has never happened since. You're the lucky one, Mary. <laughs> like, this is you. And can you imagine this situation? And he's probably like, who's this Holy Spirit guy? I'm going to kill him. How big a boy is he? Because I'm about to take him out. And you better marry that man. You better put a ring on it. I mean, like, you better pay all your bills. You know, I don't know what, she, what he said to her. But he, we know that Joseph responds frustrated. And we know he's hurt because Matthew 119 says, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. And yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. Wouldn't it be just like God to give Jesus an earthly father that was full of mercy and grace? Joey was a good man. Because if you, did, if you understand, if a woman was, had committed adultery, the, the consequences were actually, was actually stoning. It was death by stoning. So the fact that he was willing to divorce her quietly was huge. This man was a good man, but he was humiliated. You know, he was devastated. And the, I mean, read between the lines. This wasn't in scripture, but he probably already had the wedding venue booked, right? They already had the wedding invitations mailed out. Mary and Joey were a big thing, man. I mean, like this is... Everyone, all the little teenagers wanted to be like Mary and Joey, and they wanted to have this relationship. Like, they couldn't wait for the wedding, and he's humiliated. And what's more is that he actually loved her. He trusted her. He believed that God had brought them together. He was saving himself for her, and now she's done this? She's telling me some crazy thing about the Holy Spirit? Are you kidding me? And think about Mary's perspective. We know that when the angel approached Mary, her first response was how. But look at what she ultimately said, Luke 1, And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your 
word translation in 2018. I love God with all my heart and I'll do whatever you ask. Ultimately, Mary said yes. Gotta get on the other side of that question. You gotta learn how to say yes to God. But it's crazy because she says yes to God and when she said yes to God, guess what? It looks like her life is actually over now. Because try raising a child as a single parent in that culture. Trying to get, try, try having, getting a job as a single mom in that culture. Think about how difficult she's going to have to beg her entire life to even get food for the son of God. Can you imagine her situation? Think about the rumors that are going around about Mary. God, this isn't what I had planned. I said yes to you. Where are you in all of this? And I believe in 2018, one week before Christmas, there's a lot of people in here right now, that's where you're at. God, this wasn't what I had planned. This year was supposed to be the good year for Christmas. We were going to actually buy gifts this year. But then my car broke down. And I had to make a decision. Do I get to work or do I have a great Christmas? Do I, do I buy food or do I have a good Christmas? I mean, it's the real deal. It's just real people. You poured your life into your kids and now they're making crazy decisions. This is not what I had planned. You, you, you thought you were gonna live happily ever after with that special person, but it didn't happen. This is not what you had planned. You didn't plan on having migraine headaches. You didn't plan on having anxiety right now. You, you didn't plan on having cancer at this age. You didn't plan on going through chemo at this age. You didn't plan on losing your child. And all of a sudden, this Christmas story just gets so real. But here's what I've learned through the Christmas story. There's so much, so many things, the powerful things I get out of the story. And one of the most important things, and I hope you hear me when I say this, is that, is that you don't have to understand the plan in order to trust that God has a purpose. Please hear me say this. You don't have to understand the plan in order to know that God has a purpose. He's so good at taking things that there's no way this should happen and somehow, some way, figure out a way to turn it around. That, that, that he is the alpha and the omega. He, he knows the end from the beginning. He, he knows all things. He's so good at this. We're so bad at this. And our frailty, our humanity doesn't allow us to see what God sees. But I want you to know there's a purpose in, in whatever you're going through. Matthew, Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Mary and Joseph, their plans were shattered. And Joseph de determines that I have no choice but to divorce her quietly. Matthew 1.20-21 says, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And you know he wakes up from that dream going, wait a minute. Are you telling me what she was telling me was real? That you were actually in on this, God? This is the real deal? That this is actually the Holy Spirit? You can almost hear God saying, whispering, my ways are so much higher than your ways. 
My thoughts are so much different than your thoughts. The very fact that I'm teaching today on this stage is a reflection of a time in my life where my plans did not go as planned. Some of you know the story, but I got called to ministry when I was 27 years old to help start Creekwood Church. That's not what I had planned. That, that was not a good idea. In fact, when I was 27 and God called me to start Creekwood, it was still not a good idea. Like I still was talking to my managers at, at the accounting firms I was working at and I was like, yeah, we're gonna, I'm gonna go. And most people go and like take a promotion, you know, to go do the next thing. Oh, where are you gonna be? An executive somewhere? Okay, that's awesome. Okay, that's great. All right, well, good luck. All right, do your job. Oh no, we're going to plant a church. Do you know anyone there? No, it's gonna be awesome. Where's it at? It's Mansfield. Mansfield, I think it's Mansfield. Oh, like you don't know any, no, I don't know anything here. This was not a good idea. It's a terrible plan, okay? It's a terrible plan. But there, God had an incredible purpose. I'm sitting there Monday morning at 24 Hour Fitness at the Life Group, Jason Meadows Workout Life Group thing, 5.30 in the morning. God help those people. I don't get up at 5.30, but I do for my Monday morning life group, and I don't even think Jesus is up. It's weird. But I'm sitting there at this life group, and they're, they're playing this, this uh, T.D. Jakes, um, Bishop Jakes um, message, and we're listening to this, and he's talking about what it's like to be overwhelmed and what happens when God overrides your plans. And all the people that are in there are talking about how their, their marriage, some of their marriages failed and it didn't go as planned. And some people's talked about their health issues that they're going on that didn't go as planned. And there was one guy there by the name of Bill Frazier. Many of you know him. He's an incredible volunteer here at the church. Bill Frazier's son was one of the victims of the 2017 Las Vegas shootings. October 1st. Just hit the one-year anniversary. And he's in there talking about that he did not expect that, that that was not in his plans. And as he's sitting there and as he's talking, he said, but I know that God brought us to Creekwood because there would be people in this place that would give us comfort and peace. And he said, with tears in his eyes at 5.30 in the morning at 24-Hour Fitness in the cycle room, he said, I don't know how we would have made it if it wasn't for Creekwood Church. And I stood back in that cycle room at 5.30 in the morning. I said, that's all I need to hear. That was all I needed to hear. I had a plan, but God had a different purpose. And sometimes I, I have to learn that God's purposes are greater than our plans. And you're gonna learn that through life. And, and this would have been so true of Mary and Joseph. You think about Mary is pregnant with the son of God and Joseph finally realized, oh, this is actually the son of God. And, and, and he's thinking, this is gonna be a smooth delivery. Like this is gonna be a heavenly epidural. No pain whatsoever. She's gonna sneeze and that baby's out. It's the son of God. Little angels hovering around. Oh, sweet baby. Like, I don't know. You know, healed, no pain. I don't know what, what that would have looked like, but that's what she's thinking. Only she's eight and a half, nine months pregnant, and guess where she's at? She's on a donkey. She's on a donkey, okay? That's where she's at because they're going to Bethlehem for the census, right? And they're, did you know from Nazareth to Bethlehem, it's 80 miles? This is a wonderful plan, God. I love this plan that you have. And did you know that those people, the Jews, did not have a good relationship, relations with the uh, Samaritans? And so they would have gone around Samaria 
to get to Bethlehem, which is an extra 20 miles. That's even a better plan. So they went 100 miles on a donkey, traveled five days, 20 miles, eight and a half to nine months pregnant. How many women would like that? (laughs) To be fair, how many men would like being with a woman who's eight and a half to nine months pregnant (laughs) on a donkey? I'm just saying, we're... It's fair. We're just being fair. Okay, so, and when they get to the town, not only is there no room in the inn, but when Jesus was actually born, and we know the story, they find out that King Herod wants to kill her son because he's jealous of the Messiah who is in Bethlehem. And so he has all the baby boys from two years and under murdered. We forget that part of the story. And so they escape to Egypt, and we don't think about that Mary gets to deal with mentally, emotionally, psychologically, all those families that have their baby killed because Mary's got away. I'm just saying, they're real people. We, don't, we look at nativity. Oh, this is amazing. But there was a real situation. And God, I said yes to you. How is this going this way? Fast forward 33 years. Mary is looking at her son hanging on a cross. And he has three spikes. He's got two in his wrist and one is in his feet. And he has a crown of thorns on his head that's been pierced into his head. That's hitting the skull of his head. He's been dealing with tremendous pain. He's not recognizable because of the cat of nine tails that have beat him mercilessly. And he is trying to breathe. You die with, uh, by suffocation with the crucifixion. And so he's trying to breathe. So he gets up and just to breathe a breath. And Mary gets to watch her son die. And I'm just saying God, I said yes to you. And as Jesus dies, the Bible said the earth goes dark and everything shakes. And this isn't recorded in scripture, but we know something like this happened. Mary falls to her feet in agony, screaming, no, no, this cannot be happening to my son. There's no way he did nothing wrong. Can you imagine? Mary and Joseph, they had a plan, but God had a purpose. God has a purpose. God has a purpose. Brad, what's the purpose? You've said the purpose so many times. What's the purpose? It's in Matthew 121. Matthew 121 says, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. The purpose of Christmas is you and me, and them. You're the purpose. So it's like every Christmas comes around, we go to this amazing, right, surprise birthday party for, for Jesus, right? And we, you know what a surprise birthday is like. You go into the birthday party and you go in early and you're like, are they gonna be here? Oh, they're five minutes late. Okay, we're fine. Let's hang out, right? And we're chilling and, and we wait and then they come in. We go, surprise, only this time. You walk into the surprise birthday party to find out 
that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Father, and all the angels are there saying surprise to you. It's a reverse party. Because we always say Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus is the reason for the season. And he is. But if you were to ask God what the reason for the season is, he would say it's you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. This is why Christmas happened. You are the reason. You are the purpose. But there's also a promise in Christmas. There's a promise in Christmas. The most amazing fact that I know is that God became human. That's the most amazing fact that I know. The Bible says that Jesus is called Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's so crazy that Jesus, he's actually with us. And I hate, there's no, you know, it's crazy because there's no other religion that can actually say this. Religion, I don't even like using that word because religion is is man's attempt to get to God, but Christianity is God's attempt to get to man. And the crazy thing is the law, it didn't work. The prophets, it didn't work. God didn't just send a messenger. He sent himself. That's the greatest fact that I know, that God became human that he actually became human. As I was praying about this, the Holy Spirit said, Brad, I want you to tell them, God, what's, gee, what's Christmas all about? I want you to tell them that I became human so that they would know that I know. Like, I know what you're going through. Because so many people say, I, I want to pray to God, but God, he's God. He doesn't know what I'm going through. He doesn't know the pain. He couldn't possibly, he's God. How could he understand what I'm going through? No, 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 no. I lived 33 years on this earth to tell you, I know, I know. Hebrews 4.15 says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. I feel like God wanted me to tell you, I know what it feels like to be tempted. I know what it feels like to be lonely. I know what it feels like to be anxious when I dropped my sweat at one moment in my life and it was blood. I know what it feels like to be scared. I know what it feels like to be in pain. I know what it feels like to lose my father. Most of us don't think about this. When, when Jesus was crucified, do you know Joseph was no longer there? Joseph was already gone. At one point in his life, he lost his father. I know what it's like to lose my son. I want you to know if you're here today and you say, no one knows, no one knows, no one knows. I haven't been praying about it anymore because it's just useless. No one knows. They don't know what I'm going through. They don't know what I feel like. They don't know the pain I'm going through. They don't know. They don't understand. I want you to know that he knows. It's the promise of Christmas. The purpose of Christmas is you. The promise of Christmas is that God is with us, but there's a power in Christmas. The power in Christmas is this incredible opportunity that we have to share. I'm gonna tell you something that I have learned now over 14 years of being in ministry, and that's this. There is no greater time to share the good news of Jesus Christ than right now. This season right here, people are more receptive to Jesus right now than they are any other time of the year. 
I wanna encourage every one of you to invite someone to one of our services. Because I talked to so many people, even at Angel Tree yesterday, I was watching all these people doing these amazing things and I was like, how do they get to this place in their life where they're just so generous? But if you go track their life all the way back, you might say, well, my parents brought me to church. Track their life all the way back. Well, their grandparents talking. Track their, there was an invite somewhere. There's a power in the invite that will change generations. And what I'm telling you is don't waste this opportunity right now to invite someone to know Jesus. Because they may come because of the, uh, the, the I don't know, reindeer or Santa or Ghirardelli hot chocolate, which is next to heaven because it's amazing. But they may come because of that, but we know the purpose of Christmas. And it's you and it's them. To change a generation. If you're willing to say, you know what, I'm not just gonna be selfish this year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come and I'm gonna invite someone. Change a life. Right there where you're at, would you just bow your head so we can pray together? Lord, I thank you for this, this service. I, I thank you for this group of people, God. This 11 o'clock service, God, I, I don't know what it is, but I feel so compelled to talk about plans over purpose. God, I don't know what you're going, what, what these people are going through right now, but there's a, they feel like they had a plan in their life and it is not going the right direction. But what they don't know is that you have a greater purpose. So God, I pray that instead of just saying how, they'll get past the how. And they'll begin to say, God, not my will, but yours be done. And you may not understand the pain and you may not understand the confusion and you may not understand why you're having to go through this so long. But God is good all the time. And so God, I pray for healing over people in this place. I pray for, for a, just a divine peace over this congregation right now in the name of Jesus, God. Hurt would be healed and mended, God. Lord, I thank you for the, the purpose of Christmas. It's us. I thank you, God, for the promise of Christmas, that you're with us. And I thank you for the power of Christmas. We have an incredible opportunity to share. It's in Jesus' name we pray and everyone said, Thank you for listening. For more messages and information about Creekwood Church, visit us at creekwoodchurch.com.